This is Mad Max for the Conspiracies, Crimes, and Curses podcast with Tony Paventa. How you doing tonight, Tony? Doing really good. Um, before we get to um, really the show itself, we got to do some uh, little bit of uh, housekeeping here. Um, first, I want to know how your experience was at the at the Kiss concert. Oh man! And then I want, and then I want to know how your interview on Monday with the Ryan show when as well. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you asking. Um, Oh, but the kiss concert was a once in a lifetime experience. And I think you already know I'm a huge kiss fan. I've grew up on listening to their music, such as their albums, destroyer rock and roll over and dynasty and many other ones. The first one kiss. And I remember watching their concerts on DVD or even on YouTube when I was younger, I just w- always wanted to go to a Kiss concert. It was on my bucket list, and I'm happy I was able to go. It was a great opportunity. I had a great time. David Garibaldi, who opened up, was amazing, and I will be having an interview Ooh. with him soon. How'd you get him? I, I just sent him an email, and he responded, said he'd love to. I set it up with his manager, and the interview's already done. It, it was pre-recorded, and it'll be airing September 9th. Did it come? Did he come in physically, or was it over the phone? It, it was over the phone because he's on tour with them now. So, uh, but did was, you did you tell him how you went to the Kiss concert that he opened up for? Like, is that what? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I told him. I said I was at the uh, Kiss concert, and I love what you did for the opening act. I mean, this guy was just insane. He's an artistic genius. If you could see what he did, oh my God, Tony! He did a David Bowie picture. And I believe he did an Elton John and Kiss. The Elton John one he did upside down. Oh and wow! It was it was almost it only took, I think about five minutes, six minutes. I think it took each painting. Mm-hmm. And that was the opening show because everyone around was saying everyone well, who's the opening band? Who's the opening act? Because usually when you go to a concert, it's the opening band. And, it's like a musical performer, right? Yeah, and I thought that way because my first concert that I went to was at Billy Joel at the Barclays Center. There was an opening band, which was Ben Folds 5, which is just terrible. I mean, uh, that was horrible. So Wait, who? Ben Folds oh, 5. A... Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, that, that was just terrible. And I was just sitting there, and I was thinking, I was like, what do you want to bet they're going to send some lousy opening band out here and make me sit through a half hour of just terrible music? But no, they sent out a painter, and I was surprised because I didn't know what to expect, and that was great. And then when the show got started, I mean, I had goosebumps, and that opening, and I'm assuming you've seen a Kiss opening at a concert before. Just that opening yeah. is just, you don't have that feeling at any concert, and it, did it almost a like, great show. Did you still appreciate it for what it was, even though that, Ace Fraley was not there. Yeah, and Peter Chris. I, and, uh, I, I Peter did. Chris I'll, admit, I'll admit I did because, you know what, they're done. I mean, at the least, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are still in the in, are still in the band. Yeah. Because Paul Stanley is my favorite in the group. But it is, it is sad thinking about Ace Fraley and Peter Chris, the original members, still not in the band on their final tour. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you just have to deal with and it's it. It's not like they're, like, passed away. They're, like, they're still around yeah no one of them is still playing ace really still playing i think i'm pretty sure peter chris retired yeah 
and they've always had many disputes before, and they quit the band many times. But it was really a good show, yeah. and awesome. I, I appreciate it for what it is as my favorite rock band. And yeah. oh man, speaking of rock band, I'm going to see the Who again this uh, Sunday. I know you I, saw I, them before. Where, where is that at? Um, well, this Sunday it's going to be uh, at uh, Madison Square Garden. Ooh. So it'll be, it'll be my second time in like three months. Wow. Three or four months. How was that for I performance? Very well, very well. And they're the same thing. You know, it was a, it was the original four four person band and mm-hmm. now it's only two. And like, you know, they have like other people around them because that's what most of these bands now do. Mm. They have like now they bring like a, like like a like a, a whole team with them. It turns from like two people to like seven people because you may have one guy on, on like keyboard, one guy doing like a bass, and one guy playing like the saxophone or some other instrument. It's like it's like it's like a whole team. Mm. It reminds me of like you know uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Springsteen and the uh, the uh, E Street Band. E Street Band is full of is just a ton of guys, mm. but. I remember when Who opened up in the Super Bowl. They did the oh, yeah, halftime. They, they, they were the halftime show. Yeah. They were the halftime Very show. Performance. Yeah. So tell me about the Ryan show, too. Oh, the Ryan show? Yeah, shout, out, shout out to them. Um, we had the show this past Monday for my show, Sports and Hip Hop. And it was a really good show. We just... We drifted on because it was originally an interview. I asked them about their show, how they got started, how they met Mr. Cheeks from the Lost Boys, and they put their show together, their favorite interviews, different questions pertaining to their show. But then it just drifted into a conversation of sports, hip-hop, and et cetera, et cetera. Are they, like, do they do, like, the same stuff that, like, you and and Marco do? Uh, Yeah, I, I, I... Well, they do more... Of old school, kind of like what I do on my sports and hip hop show. They're more old school hip hop. Yeah, really, really. But I had a good time having. Speaking of old, there. did you watch the 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 uh, VMAs? No, I, I was tuned this out for that. I, I I didn't even know it was this past Monday, but I heard Queen Latifah had a it, performance. There was they did this whole like this whole like honor to like. Jersey to like Jersey hip hop, and like they had like Queen Latifah, they had Redman, Redman was they there, had, yeah. oh yeah, they had uh Betty Wap, like this whole big group, and they and they and they closed out the show. Closed How was it? Show it was all right. I mean, like most of those guys, I mean, Queen Latifah is old, is is, is old school. Of course, but um, Eddie Watts is, is is very modern. I don't know is is Redman really modern? Uh, or is he like he's he's nineties. Started he's nineties also. Yeah. yeah, there was a good amount. It was and and it took place in Newark at the uh, Prudential Center. It's a really weird location that they had the VMAs at. Mm. Never thought, never thought they'd go to Newark. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm going to have to go this, check the performance out on YouTube. Yeah, they and they gave this, like, Lifetime Achievement Award to uh, 
to uh, Missy Elliott. Good stuff. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, because she was really, she's very, she is very good at what she did in her career. Oh, Missy Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's old school. She started out in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You always got to keep the classics going. Got to keep them going, just like the Who. Uh huh. And Kiss, got to keep them going. Oh yeah. Ice T was there too, but he didn't like perform. Cause he because he was born in Jersey, mm-hmm. but but I, like uh, wasn't Ice T more West Coast? Yeah, he was West Coast. Yeah, but he was born in Jersey. I didn't even know he was born in Jersey, so that's a new fact to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was born on the uh, east side, but he made his name on the west side. Mm. But it was overall pretty good. It was a pretty good show. Oh, yeah, I'm going to It's very modern it. now. MTV, like the VMAs, it's like you really just have to be like a certain demographic to watch it. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't like, tune you in. You really do. That's why I would honestly prefer the Grammys because the Grammys do try their best to like spread it out a little bit. Like, and the Grammys will usually play like what's like the best. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big Grammys guy, to be honest, because since the beginning of time, especially if you're a hip hop fan, they always said, if you're a true hip hop fans, the Grammys don't matter. Because if you look at, I think, what was the year, 2013, 2014, one of those years, Kendrick Lamar was supposed to win that Grammy for Good Kid, Mad City, and said it went to Macklemore. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) See right there? For what song? For what song did Macklemore make? Uh, I think it was, it was either Thrift Shop, Can't Hold Us, or that same song, Same Love or something. Some song like that. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I feel like I would know what it was, and I just remember what the song was. Like if, like if I heard it. Yeah, I, that that's why the Grammys don't matter to me. You realize Nas mm-hmm. never won a Grammy. Who? Nas. He never won a Grammy. Oh, Nas. No, Nas never won. Rakim never won. I feel like Grammys are mostly for like, are for like radio songs. Yeah, like songs meant for radio. You can't be like, you know what I mean? Like, I I know what you mean. You know, they're meant for like Drake and people like that. Yeah. (laughs) Who really, I don't know if they have like a hard bone in their body that'll make songs that are like, Tupac, you know, did you know Tupac never won a Grammy? I mean, Tupac wasn't really liked amongst, amongst like, the mass of people mm. like like big uh, never like, won a uh, grammy either the media because those guys because those guys those guys strayed away from the from the uh status quo mm. they didn't answer to anybody they had their own agenda and through their music through their through their works they put they were putting it out there mm. Tupac went after, like, Tupac went after big businesses and people trying to, like, you know, people trying to, like, uh, scavenge for money, people making millions of dollars while there's people starving, homeless. He went after those people. Yeah. Did the media like that? No. They did not like that. Of course they didn't. 
called out called out uh, Michael Jackson in that in that uh, interview. Mm. Called out called called out pretty much his whole family. Yeah, if you really look at it, saying that nobody nobody should be making thirty million dollars. There's no way that Michael Jackson or whoever Jackson's making thirty two million dollars while we got people starving in the street. Yeah, I think he called out Trump too. Yeah, way back when. Now, of course, Pac didn't make his money, but Pac like gave, mm-hmm. like, like these guys gave, like, 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 like they got it. Yeah, they would never have. The, the, the Grammys are so are so image oriented. They are. Like Drake is like Drake is so good for like the for like the public image. They like looking. They like. Yeah. They just like looking at his face. Because <laughs> he has like because he has that image. He does. He has like that image. Kiss Kiss only was only one nominee for the Grammys. Could you believe that? And they had decades of albums. Only one nominee. Hard rock really is hard. Yeah. And also, I'm telling you, dude, image. Yeah, they like, were different. Yeah, I don't. They were because they, they, were they dressed up. Yeah, they were different. You know, there's mm. a reason why, like, heavy metal. Heavy metal never gets any recognition in in, in the Grammys. No. At least I don't think. No. Heavy metal, like, like Slipknot. I think Slipknot may have Grammy nominations. They could. I I, I believe mm. so. But like. That's not what like the Grammys will be like uh, remembered for. No. Like go Slipknot, Slayer, like those guys performing. Mm-hmm. Forget that. <laughs> but let's get to um, what we truly came here for. Yeah. And it's part two. I read that article. Yeah, we continue this. I mean, hidden meanings behind films. Oh yeah. So One, I know I, I started out. I know I we started out last week with what were some of the movies that we did. I know we did Planet of the Apes. We started out with Scream. Oh. Had a great conversation about that. And we talked like Star Wars for a good amount of time. <laughs> I, I go talked- further in, and we'll, we will be bringing up <laughs> Star Wars again in this episode for all the Star Wars fans out there. And there's a movie, and if you want to bring it up, if you read in the article, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Hidden meaning. I never quite understood that. It was like they said it had something to do with like indigenous people, mm-hmm. like natives. And the only reason why was because like there was some like like there were like there were like physical like references to like Native Americans inside in, inside the hotel. Mm-hmm. Supposedly in some of the photographs in the hotel as well. Yeah, something like that. And supposedly the I thought I thought the mean I thought the meaning of the movie was like, well, Stephen King wrote the book mm-hmm. from what he, from his experiences inside the actual real hotel over in uh, is it in Colorado in real life? I think it's in. Oh, I'm gonna double check on that. I believe it. It. I yeah. Think it, I feel like it's or- Oregon. I feel like it's Oregon. Something like that, somewhere out west. I'm gonna fact check it real quick so we can 
SeaWorld's really located. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Col- it's Colorado, you're right. Colorado, yep. The Stanley Hotel. The Stanley Hotel, very haunted, mm-hmm. very haunted. It's got a 4.4 rating like, on Google. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because people like to go there just for like the whole like ghost thing. Yeah. But the the like it's a nice hotel, too. It looks really nice even on the inside. But it's the whole paranormal factor that people just just go there in droves. I'm sure it's a huge tourist spot. Oh yeah, very huge, and that's what I feel like. That's one of like the real meanings behind the behind like the movie. Mm. You know, based on like a real hotel. I that's really haunted. And I'll read this quote from the article: "The first and most frequently seen of the film's very real American ghosts." is the flooding river of blood that wells out of the elevator door or the elevator shaft, yeah. which sinks into the Indian burial ground itself. The blood squeezes out in spite of the fact that the red doors are kept firmly shut within their surrounding Indian artwork embellished frames. Mm-hmm. We never hear the rushing blood. It is, a, it is a mute nightmare. It is the blood upon which this nation, like most nations, was built, as was the Overlook Hotel. That's eerie. That is, it is like an eerie symbol. Mm -hmm. And apparently, it's no joke, that scene Mm -hmm. took forever to finish. Really? Because Stanley Kubrick was like a, was like a strict perfectionist. Like he, like he didn't take any sort of mistake in any of the scenes. Like he wanted it all to be perfect. And that scene took forever. Wow. I didn't even know that to like to like get done. Oh yeah, I think it took like multiple days for that one scene. Not even with people talking. Wow! Like there was, there's no dialogue. Uh, what else, what's another movie? There's a there was a good amount on that article. Yeah, and uh, there were some other ones on here. That- How about aliens? Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, with the Vietnam War. That really did. Like, when I read that, I was like, that does kind of make sense. But you could say that about any sort of movie. I guess you could say that about Predator, too. Mm. Oh, yeah, when they're in the the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, you could kind of say the same thing, but I guess they say aliens because there's, because there were, because there were multiple aliens, Mm -hmm. or they're, uh, what are they called, uh, xenomorphs? Yeah. Something like that. There were multiples. Predator, there was only one. But, yeah, in the jungle, not knowing what, not knowing what's in front of you or, or behind you, in the dark, definitely, I could definitely see how that would apply. Yeah, and Cameron said in an interview, he studied how the soldiers talked in Vietnam and took certain specific bits of terminology and a general sense of how they express themselves, and he used that for dialogue and tried to make it seem like a realistic sort of military expedition. Mm-hmm. And he said he wanted to create oh, yeah. more of a sense of realism rather than that of an interesting future. Oh, yeah. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. It does. And actually, Aliens was on this past weekend, and... 
Do you just want to get on the conversation? What do you think was a better movie? And it's a big discussion among I was never, two films. I only saw the first Alien. I never really got tied into the series. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the first Alien. It was like, there was just no real, like, I feel like the story was like too simple. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It's just the whole story part with Ian Holm being the, being the, uh, Android. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, uh, what is that? <laughs> like, why did that need to happen? <laughs> oh, you know, but, and Ian Holm is a very good actor. Oh uh, yeah. But very good. He's, uh, he's, uh, Bilbo Baggins. In, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. That's right. But yeah, I just never really been tied to that series. But I'm sure it's good for people that love like the whole sci-fi mm-hmm. horror genre. We can even make a poll about that on Twitter for, to get more interaction. I know we got our Twitter page up at CX3 Podcast for the Conspiracies, Crimes, and Curses podcast. What do you think is a better film, Alien or Aliens? <laughs> it's a big discussion. Yeah. Another film. And all your guests, all your guests that, that, that you bring into your show, you should like, like bring this podcast up to them. Yeah, I definitely mention it. I always met, I'm trying to get some more promos for it. I got to post it more on Instagram. I want to figure mm-hmm. out how to get sound bites from this show and put it more up on Instagram as long as, uh-huh. as, as well as the promos from Loco and others that have had done. And oh, yeah. another movie that I read online was the wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, and this one I actually learned in school many, many, many years ago, not even in college. This was like in high school. How The Wizard of Oz has this has this allegorical um this 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 allegorical theme with um populism in the late 1800s, mm-hmm. like the like the 1890s. You know, the 1890s were a real interesting time and American history, you know, the civil war was, had, had been over for 30 years. And I think the South was still rebuilding and, um, Mm. Teddy Roosevelt was president and like, and like, see, like, I wish I saw, I wish I had studied more about the history during that time, but it was just like, it was just a very different time. And since our show, now that we're on the topic of conspiracies, crimes, and curses, and this is a conspiracy, maybe even a curse, behind Wizard of Oz, have you ever seen the video on YouTube, and it was supposedly an old VHS tapes, in which the munchkin, one of the munchkins hung himself? That was, that theory has been debunked multiple times. It's false. Oh, it really is? It was actually. What you think is a hanging munchkin is actually is actually a giant bird, a giant real bird that came from another studio. Actually, you know what? I'm kidding. It was a studio. It was the studio that they were in. It belonged to that same studio, but mm-hmm. it came from another movie that was getting produced at the time. And I guess the filmmaker the director was like, well, it looks pretty cool. Why not just put it in like the background to like give, you know, 
the setting a little bit more life to it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like an extra. So what you really saw was actually a giant bird. Like it was a pretty big bird. It was almost like the size of a, uh, of a uh, ostrich. Like those things were big. And, um, yeah, it belonged to it's the, the animal was a part of the set for another movie. And I guess it was just, they just invited it to be an extra on the set of the wizard of Oz. Hmm. So that has been, but I've, I've seen pictures online and it, it looks like someone hanging though. I don't know. You can definitely, if you look at it a certain way, you can definitely make that sort of, um, you, you can make that determination. Hmm. But I'm telling you, it is a bird. It is a giant bird from, from, from a different movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check it out. I'll go watch some videos on it, and I, I believe you. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. And if I find anything else, any other evidence, I'll bring it up with the podcast. Um, oh yeah. But what was another movie that I saw on there? I believe it was the X Men, right? X Men, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a parallel. having to do with having to do with um, LGBT rights. Mm-hmm. I've known that for for a long time. Also, um, basically, the story of X Men is the struggle for the mutants to be accepted as citizens of society. Mm-hmm. Because of how they're different, and they, and the fact that the mutants find out that they have powers at a certain age in life, and that age in life coincides with with how gay people, like gay, lesbian, transgender people, people a part of people a part of the LGBT community, mm-hmm. really find out as well. Like they, like they truly realize it, and they and they accept it. Hmm. It's very like it's just the way that that the series goes, and you can see like how politics gets involved and how politics tries to like shun them out. Is and it like Star silent. Wars politics? Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars politics just was was just freaking like like what's that called? Um, what's the uh, what's the uh, uh, C-SPAN. You know C-SPAN? <laughs> yeah, the channel with all the Congress and the Senate, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's like you're watching and you're like, okay, like is someone going to speak up because I can't hear a word they're saying. But this is an actual, like, this is some, it's some real life, you know, symbolism here in the fact that people are part of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm like really struggled for decades in getting rights and getting their equal rights in, in society because of, because of really just horrible politics. Hmm. And that's what X-Men did. It's very strange, but that's just, and I really believe that that was Stan Lee's um, purpose of, of the X-Men of like that whole, aspect of his universe was that the mutants were trying to find a place in in society but society wasn't letting them Mm -hmm. 
So it's very, it's, it's, that's some real stuff. And that's why people truly admire Stan Lee and the work that he put in. A lot of, there's career. a lot of hidden meanings behind his films, especially if you go back and rewatch some of them. I bet you'll find something that you didn't realize before. I wonder what his hidden meaning of uh, Spider-Man was. I really wonder. Hmm. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I really do. That's something we can look up. That's something. Yeah. Let, let me. Let me. Uh... I know Captain America. I know Captain America was, you know, the was the superhero vigilante, you know, crime fighter who was stop Nazis. Like that was a whole World War II rah rah thing. Hmm. It was a way for people to get like you know pumped for the boys out in out, out in Europe during 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 the Second World War. I have the symbolism of Spider Man here. It says rep- Spider Man represents strength, willpower, self control, ability to influence people, ability to put others in your trap, and a sense to judge people. Uh, hmm. I feel like you can tie that to any superhero. Yeah, you could. What do you if what about Hulk? Do you think Hulk has any hidden Hulk? meaning? I don't know. I really don't. Maybe it could mean like, you know, be careful what you be careful where you expose your body to. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Let's see. Uh what does Hulk represent? No, it's just repressed rage. The anger people feel when they are helpless to stop something bad from happening. That's kind of more the idea from the 70s one. Yeah. I guess it could, but I guess that idea can, like, you know, be, be uh, consistent mm-hmm. with now, but... But I What's know, another movie on that article? What's another one you got on here? Uh, I, th- I think it was Groundhog Day. Yeah, see, I never really watched that movie. Yeah, neither have like, I. Like, what did it say it was like? It, it was like, like, what was its symbol? Um, I could double check on that because I I forgot what that what, about that movie was really about. I never saw it, but I read it in the article, a glimpse. So I really just skimmed through it. I only read the films really that I'm into more is the, though that I haven't seen yet because I want to see a movie before I really dissect it. But we can, yeah, we can double check that here. Groundhog Day. Hmm. Let's see here. Okay. Yeah, it should be the second one. Yeah, yep. And oh no, the Dark Knight's the second one. Okay, yeah, now we're here. It, oh, it's all about Buddhism. Oh, Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Enlightenment, reaching enlightenment, enlightenment. Yeah, hmm. I guess. I mean, I really can't dissect into that. That's like, and the the Dark Knight and all that. It's just all about uh, just terrorism. It, it has that theme. Yeah, too, we, we discussed that, that last week. Yeah, that was interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of some yeah. other films. Hmm. Do you have anything off the top of your head that you may have thought of? Off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't. 
um, Mothman. How about that? Mothman? Mm -hmm. Didn't even know that that was a movie until like Tony Costa told us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You remember remember when he said that in the interview? Because I I talked about the real case of the Mothman, which was going on in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. but he, he enlightened us during that episode. And he said, he said, of course, they made a movie uh, about it. And he said, Mothman. <laughs> I wonder what a movie like Jeepers Creepers would have like, with it. Because I think Jeepers Creepers is just like one of those typical horror movies. I'm going to check that out right now, actually. Hidden meaning behind Jeepers Creepers. Okay. Um, eighteen things you don't know about Jeepers Creepers. Uh, no, it's just more. It's more about movie history, more than what's behind it. But if you had, to, if you had to take a guess, if you had to take a guess, if there was a hidden meaning behind it, what would it be? I take a guess. Mm-hmm. Where does it usually take? Where does Jeeper Creep, Jeepers Creepers take place? Mm. I think in present day. No, I mean like in what like area, like what state? Oh, in what state? Okay, I can double check. Where does Jeepers Creepers take place? Uh. It's, it says where it was filmed. It was filmed in North Central Florida. Yeah, North Central Florida. <laughs> I have no idea, Ben. I don't know. I feel I feel as though it represents... Like, what would you guess? I, I think like a plague. The fact that it just takes people out and you really can't stop it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he goes... It does make sense into hibernation for 23 years and comes back every 23rd spring for 23 days. Uh-huh. So it can be some, that's like it almost. That's like, that's like, that's like it. Yeah, it is like Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Like you've, you've seen, right. have you seen all the Jeepers Creepers? I have seen mostly the second one. Okay. What did you, how'd you feel about it? I liked it. It was like, you know, there's just something about horror movies like where like people like sometimes I look at Jeepers Creepers and I'm like, wow, this is definitely like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a, like a, like a, uh, not like sci-fi as in science fiction, but like sci-fi as in sci-fi channel horror movie. Like sometimes I just look at it and I'm like, this really is just not that good. <laughs> uh. It really isn't because it's like, it just looks like very like, like cheesy. <laughs> Uh, no. The first two I enjoyed. The third one, oh, that's abysmal. That one should have never even been goodness. made unless you had a, like, a good budget. Goodness, like those sci-fi horrors, like, 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 uh, the, like uh, the, Yeti. Oh, yeah. Or Wrong Turn. Oh, hold on, hold on. One, two, three, four, and five. I think Wrong Turn 1 was a classic, though. Hmm. Did you Did you like Wrong or, Turn um, not really. I know it's, it's it's like the freaking hills have eyes. Yeah, it it's is. like the same. Like it's like the messed up people. <laughs> what do you think about the same. hills of eyes? 
I feel like that could have a meaning behind it too. Like the other people that are act- that actually like would live up in like those like hills. Mm. I'm gonna check on that now. But continue on about the sci-fi movies. Why? Well, nah, but those are just like they're just like kind. They're just like very cheesy, you know. As you're looking that up, mm-hmm. we're probably gonna close the show real soon. But before we do, I want to like bring up about the Jets because it's coming up real soon. Mm-hmm. I got a game tomorrow night. Oh, they played the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. So the last, I believe that's their last preseason game. Yeah. And yeah, we'll um, definitely see bad what news. happens. Bad um, news, as I brought up to you the other week, and you've heard Avery Williamson out for the year, torn ACL. And you know what really sucks? What? He did not have to play. No. He did not have to play that game. No. And he got this hit by his own guy. Happening. He got hit, got by, hit his by his teammate. own guy. And it's not like he was, like, you know, straying off and not doing his job. Like, he was, like, he was doing what he was supposed to do on defense. Exactly. And you know what? The other guy was also doing his job. But it was just, in like, an unfortunate thing. Yeah. Which... It didn't need to happen. It you know what it reminded now, me of when when Rex Ryan put Mark Sanchez out in the preseason game against the against the Giants, and it was just to win the game. And Mark Sanchez gets injured, season-ending soldier shoulder injury. Oh yeah, with the, I remember that. Ends his career. That's the end of his career with the Jets. And, and that was Geno the beginning Smith. of Geno Smith, right? And it was just the beginning of a long train to the end. Geno Smith era, the Fitzpatrick era, and we had Bryce Petty a few games. And the Josh McCown. And the Josh, Josh McCown. McCown. And he gets paid $12 million just to sit on the sideline. Yeah. But, but now dude, we're in the Darnold comes, era. So You went from, so we now went, so now we are, we went from having a pretty bad secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, because besides Jamal Adams, the secondary is, is pretty bad. Yeah. Now... Now, your linebacker situation has been hit pretty hard. Hit yeah. pretty hard. Now, the front seven, to be honest, are pretty good. But with Avery Williamson, it was like, you know, it was very, it was very good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. On uh, C.J. Mosley. On uh, C.J. Mosley. Jordan and Jenkins. It, and I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't I know. Think that the defense I, every day. I, on, on week one, because the game's at home, and the Bills, I mean, the the Bills, and we're not making a playoff. Yeah, it's no. that simple. We're, we're, it's just not going to happen. No. So and An injury camp the other day, too. Oh, boy. Before the season starts. It's so bad. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Darnold looks faint. That's not the issue. For once, I mean, First off, for once, it was always the quarterback. Uh, Osemele. Oh yeah, the the, the offensive. The, 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 I think he's the guard, or I think he's been active. I think he's hurt. He's I, hurt? Oh, he's he's active. I'm not 100 percent sure. Can't take it. The injuries. It, it's it doesn't count. Uh, I know many years. Only this year, I'm just not enjoying it. When you're reviewing plays and preseason yeah i mean i obviously i worked the last preseason game but they lost but like 
I don't know, man. Bills tomorrow right. night. How do you feel about Andrew Luck retiring? In the fact that, you know, players are not going to be buying into want to have chronic head head injury, head like head trauma mm. throughout their destruction of their of, of, of themselves. Physical and mental, I'll say. Mm. I think is gonna be is gonna move towards being like yeah, like the like the freaking Roman gladiators. Like like fifty years, maybe it'll take a hundred years. But I think of there maybe eight seasons max because the average NFL player real life or like his football life mm-hmm. I think is like seven and a half or six and a half cities. There's not many Steve Smith seniors. No. You know, there's not that many. It's, it's, it's the quarterback that survived. Like Eli Manning had of any quarterback in history. You know, mm-hmm. Brett Favre came back, came back twice in the Vikings. Yeah. You know, but I feel like that trend is going to be so dated. It's tough to play till he's 50. That's not going to happen. No, no. You know why it's not going to happen? Because break his leg and he's done. It's not going to happen. He's it's not. Like, gonna... Did you hear what Giselle, his wife, said on the Super Bowl against? I think it was either the Seahawks or the. She said that her husband was playing through like multiple concussions. Really. But his but but his wife said that he played under under multiple thing for this new business that he invested in. Mm-hmm. I think it I, hearing up as he was talking about him retiring, because he said that it was very hard. This is a real violent and vicious game that I think it's going to be outlawed. Look at what they're doing in youth football. Speed, that's in youth football. They're watering it all down. And soon, these head injuries, these just like, just a head trauma. That's a liability for it's more so just so that, you know, the player in high school to, to play in college and someday make it pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Buttle? You know Greg Yeah, for the linebacker from the Jets, yeah. Former Jet. Mm-hmm. To practice. I, I got paid to practice. Mm-hmm. He said that the, the travel, the practice, like the workouts, the playing for three hours mm-hmm. was probably the only joy you could honestly have as a football. And Greg Buttle played what during like what was it the the eighties yeah, and nineties? Yeah. Is there announcers while at the uh, game? No, no, we're not really allowed to like converse with them. This is a real big thing, man. I don't know. I don't know this what's going to come thing. next, but this is uh, to, I, be, to be honest, because I'm a big baseball guy. That's why. I can't. I can't because. As much as well, they've been terrible for years. Full life I'm, you'll probably live a full life. Yeah, I'm hoping. Because it's probably it's probably going to take like a full century. And I hope, and I hope. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's probably going to happen. But Are the, the Jets, Jets Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. You think it's going to? Within gonna? this next century, <laughs> I mean, eventually, they're probably going to have to like relocate. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't even know. There's a lot of teams that haven't won, though. The Browns, the Lions. Well, let's close this out. Let's, let's Before, this. Uh, with, the, with the Hills of Eyes, I didn't find anything about that. I'm going to close out more with, well, of course, our plug-ins and a quick uh, radio station sent into about Star Wars. And, of course, it's from Nazi Germany, which I brought more.
in the Cold War. So in the, the Cold v- War? Yeah, and I'll read you a quick mm. paragraph about it. The tense relationship between the United background was hardly history when Star Wars first premiered in 1977. The threat to the planet, ultimate weapon of mass destruction, the Death Star, which destroyed Princess Leia's home planet of all. Star Wars itself entered the realm of Cold War history after it was adopted by the media in the 1980s as strategic defense initiative, which would have used lasers to defend the United States. Awesome. Very interesting stuff. It is. And I know MRI. I did read that. Because George Lucas, Uh in the Vietnam War, it just sucks. Mm -hmm. And how they were, how would you say it? Something of their habitat. Leaders of their habitat, almost. And that's how they were able to defeat the storm more. But other than that, just certain theories. I know the theory that I wrote, and I know you're not huge on fan theories, but the theory that I saw was, do you believe killed Padme to save Anakin? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, wait, say what? It was the theory of Palpatine. That's like deep dive. You can, like, read, like, books on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me do my uh, social. Mm-hmm. I only got one. And uh, our page on Twitter is CX3Podcast. Give us a follow. And even if you want to suggest things, we want Instagram and Twitter at the Real Max T-H-E-R-E-E-L-M-A-X. And one of the last times... For the summer that we'll be recording from my house, I believe. So we're gonna have to think of awesome. a, a, a nice top, some nice topics to discuss. Good. Even uh, like uh, even do off. even do a quick summary to because I might want to bring in. You they'll know, be down for anything. They'll be down for anything. Yeah, they'll, they'll just chime you know chime in and. Oh yeah. A lot of ground. Very fun. A lot of ground. For all you people out there listening thanks for listening in tonight and we'll see you all next week the school year is coming up so have a great night everybody yep